The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Welcome to the Failure to Stop podcast, the number one show where police meet society and culture. I'm off to a rough start this morning. I had to... I had to quickly record the audacity for today's uh, recording, and it just wouldn't minimize the screen. Today, I'm joined with Drew Breezy, because Mike the Cop, he's uh, somewhere in the Carolinas doing some kind of speaking event, and um, I already forgot where that was at. Where's my brain today? Where's my brain at, Drew? You got the audacity to ask me where your brain is. My God, man, this is such a killer show that we've worked really hard on today. Um, yes. And so I just I, I needed to get my mind right and I didn't do it. But you, if you've just stumbled in to today's show, you are listening to the Failure to Stop podcast where we bring you four episodes a week on podcasts as well as additional YouTube content all throughout the week, breaking down all the major cases. But this is a show 99.9% for first responders, giving you something to listen to every day in your patrol cars. Other than the radios, on Mondays, we have Off the Cuff with uh, Mike the Cop and He Big Daddy bringing you all the police news, police-related news. Tuesday night's Night Shift, True Crime, Murder, and Mayhem with Andrea Uplate. On Thursdays, we bring you Last Call, giving you everything to talk about this weekend to your civilian friends so you don't sound like an asshole cop. Giving you all the things to talk about other than domestic violence and, and dead babies. And then, of course, Friday, our flagship show, case breakdowns and today we're breaking down a case right out of tampa florida and of course if you don't know drew breezy is a guy who's been working with us on our youtube channel bringing us lots of youtube uh content he is a retired uh lieutenant and uh and has just a a very amazing resume but just has just a way of breaking down police related issues that mike the cop and i absolutely love but i was living in tampa for a little bit and i said man i used to drive by this crime scene where allegedly this dude, I never caught the whole story, uh, but the guy had won the lottery and then was murdered. And there was this crime scene for like six months, like right down the road from my house. And Drew was like, dude, I was actually, I'm personal to that case. I know a lot about that case. So I said, dude, Mike's out of town. I'd love to know every, I want to, I want a detective breakdown from a detective's perspective. And he was like, I'm all in. So thank you so much for joining us today, Drew Breezy. Uh, I'm excited. Are you excited for today's breakdown? I'm very excited. My, my, I'm always excited to be here. Well, good. But for today's show, we is today's show is brought to you by Blue Chew. And so if today's show makes you soft, because we're talking about something very depressing, uh, Blue Chew is there to help with that. Listen, erectile dysfunction is not something to joke about. I say it all the time. There are stressors in the job that may just not get you in the mood. It's not that you have a, a boner problem. It's just that sometimes maybe you have a hard time getting in the mood because of all the bullshit that you put up with on a daily basis as a first responder. And that should not be something that carries on into your bedroom. And that's how Blue Chew can come and help, man. There ain't no shame in stepping up your game. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra Cialis, but in a chewable tablet. And it's at a fraction of the cost. I did the survey. I think it's like $20 a month. Um, and, and then you get Blue Chews for every month. But right now, if you sign up, if you go and just take the survey, if you just go and do the questionnaire, it's free. 
pay the five dollar shipping and you get free four you get four free tablets or chewables um for free of blue chews uh chewables so go to bluechew.com use the promo code wolfpack there and um the process is super simple you sign up at bluechew.com consult when they're licensed medical professionals that's in the united states it's not like they're shipping this thing off out of country um, there's no waiting in line at a pharmacy it's all private and discreet Listen, i did it myself and i'm hard thinking about getting hard i'm hard talking about thinking about getting hard while about to go into one of the most disturbing murder cases um, that I've actually got to, to, to be a part of, or like just to live down the road of, but, uh, blue chew tablets are made in the good old, help me out here, Drew. Blue chew is made in the good old USA. USA. There's not even, we don't even have a delay and you can't even get it right. Uh, boy, this show is going down the tubes quick today. Uh, also today's show is brought to you by ghost bed sleep. So good. It's scary. Halloween is coming, baby. You want to get in that, get that sleep in head over to ghostbed.com. We love their adjustable bases. Look, ghost bed has been a part of us since day one. We have absolutely loved ghost bed. We sell probably more go ghost beds than anybody else around. Uh, I love every picture that you guys send me, every comment that you guys send me. It's in almost all of our reviews. I don't know another product out there that a podcast uh, following would listen to or, or support like Ghostbed. Uh, but right now, Ghostbed's offering 35% off. Um, you just use that promo. It's actually go to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack and... Um, I mean, just a loyal sponsor, man. Cooling technology is where it's at. If you get hot at night, you can stay cool while staying hard, baby, on a ghost bed. Uh, right now, 0% down, 0% financing, and that's if you have Lasro Lopez credit. Lasro Lopez is always in our live chat, so I like to throw him under the bus. Uh, mainly because I think he used to be a firefighter. I think that's why I started shitting on Lasro Lopez years ago. And uh, it's just sticks with me ever since. And by years ago, I mean like two years, two years now, two years running. We are a show that has been going on for years officially. Uh, but right now, 40, uh, 35% off matches and adjustable brace, 30% off matches plus two free pillows. If you use that code Wolf Pass, Wolf Pack, 15 modes, zero gravity, way less than competitors, 101 nights, easy returns. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolf Pack. Sleep so good and scary. All right. That's all the ads for today. I promise. I promise. And we've got a bunch of people in the live chats today. And I just want to acknowledge them really fast before we dive into all of this. But Brian Travis, Logan LaPonte, Ruben Snyder, Sarah Couch, Brittany. I mean, there is so many. Tactical Dude, Ruben, Joseph Wooten. I'm not going to go on forever. But, uh, but this list of people in the live chats goes on forever. It goes on and on, my friend. Underpaid producers got a colonoscopy. Three days. Thoughts and prayers. That's T-H-O-T-S and prayers for those people who will be diddling in the underpaid producers. B-hole in a couple of weeks. Um, but I'm glad I saw that in the chats. And uh, again, thoughts and prayers go out to you, UPP. We could not do this show without your beautiful B-hole. So get that thing. Colonoscopy. Thanks, means a lot. <laughs> I always hear. Do we have any reviews, UPP? Speaking of your b-hole, we do. We do have a review. Uh, can you see the review on your screen, True Breezies? I can. I want you to Would read you that like for me. I want you to. Oh, I want you on. to just put your this little is- bifocals on and read that five-star review and rating that somebody left on iTunes. It looks like. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I got two questions for you. Uh, okay. First of all, is a ghost bed softer than a bed of concrete? It is. Okay. It is. Does blue chew mm-hmm. make you as hard as concrete? Mm. 
I see what you're doing here. I th- I see a little oh, bit. Oh man, that might be a foreplay. Review anymore though. All right, bring that review back up. <laughs> but I do like your foreplay. Okay, foreplay is you. always a strong thing. If you're not doing foreplay in the bed, then you're an asshole. If it's you're not, true. you've you've got play. what is it? Five play. It's five play because <laughs> it's, it's a five. Four play. Play. It's foreplay with one better. <laughs> so uh, how about this? This comes from Finkelbottom, right? <laughs> Am I am I Dude, reading that right? Your or guess think is bottom or think thinkle bottom, and it was uh, done. And I can't October. I can't stop thinking uh, thinkle bottoming about uh, UPP's colonoscopy. Thinkle bottom is the doctor that's doing UPP's colonoscopy. <laughs> and thank God, uh, <clears throat> seriously, guys, is the title of this. Scott Rampage happens to be my brother-in-law. I can't believe you publicly mocked him for his now infamously generic and bland review. I'm sure that's supposed to be generic. I demand that you and Tansy with the Z publicly apologize and remove any mention of his review. <laughs> I'd hate to, <laughs> I'd hate to have to get my lawyers involved. Uh, sad face emojis. I think I love you guys. No homo or maybe homo uh, with those blue shoes in my ghost bed. We'll see where the night goes. <laughs> uh, what a fantastic review. For those of you who don't know, on our Off the Cuff episode, Off the Cuff episode, uh, Mike mentioned some wooden dillies. And yeah. uh, somebody who makes, I don't know, somebody has an Etsy shop, absolutely lost their fucking minds. And they want to get their lawyers involved unless we take back our jokes about wooden dillies. And uh, not a chance. Not a chance in hell that we take back any jokes ever made about wooden dillies because nothing is more funny than a wooden dilly joke. And if you can't take that joke, you shouldn't be listening to this show because we go hard in the paint all the time. I mean, I shit on state troopers. I shit on, uh, Marines. I shit on who else do I shit on drew? I shit on a lot of people there. You have to have thick skin. You're not, if you, if you think for one second that I will shit on a state trooper on this show and I will go hard in the paint on state troopers, but I won't shit on a wooden dilly. You're crazy. Look, you got to have thick skin if you're going to listen to this because this is all cop humor. This is first responder humor, humor, and it's all for fun and games. Like that's what we do. It's called toxic male (sighs) harassment. I don't know, but that's what we, this is locker room talk. That's just how it goes. And if you don't like locker room talk, if you don't want to be one of the boys, then get the fuck out. Walk right I like on it's, out. it's now called Dildo Gate, and I like that. Dildo Gate? Is that what they're calling it now? I just uh, can't I, believe I, that they wrote like a whole season to assist. I mean, get bent, dude. <laughs> get absolutely bent. Are you going to sue me for fives of dollars? Come I think on. it's pure patriotism because, as I pointed out to Mike, I think George Washington was infamous for his wooden dillies. I'm, I'm sure he would. He had wooden teeth. All right. Five stars from Caroline Rampage. Looks like we've got a feud going on in these in these uh, reviews here. Incredible podcast. Listening to last week's episode when Scott Rampage name was mentioned. I passed away the sound. I passed away. The sound of skate daddy's voice and Mike roasting my husband brought me swiftly back to life on my ghost bed. I look forward to all four episodes every week, even though I'm a civilian, it brings a whole new perspective. I share the podcast with my coworkers and force them to listen. It's kind of like a cuckold thing. Like you get in the closet right now and you listen to Tansy's podcast. Yeah. You, you sit in there and you look at it and you, 
or you're going to get, get your, the wooden dilly. Yeah, you get your wooden dilly and you stand in that closet and you listen to their podcast. No, I like it. I like where your head's at. Thank you guys for the five-star reviews. Thank you for, for everybody who leaves a rating review. If you want to support the show, please, it's too easy. Hit that like and subscribe button. Hammer it right now. Uh, and then leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. Buy shit from our sponsors. Go to our merch store, photostop.com, where you can get all of the merch and get the little shirt that I'm wearing right now. Lots of shirts from the Andrea Uplate collection. Um, all right, let's... Let's deep dive into this. I feel like I've won the lottery today. I feel like I've won the lottery today because I'm sitting with you, Drew. Oh, that's very kind. Our backgrounds almost match. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Um, I do like the um, the new format also on YouTube. So I, I'm just going to throw that in there. Please go check out our YouTube videos. We're uh, trying to provide you the best content we can. And if there's one thing I can personally promise or guarantee, uh, actually two things. One, if you watch Eric's, you will be thoroughly entertained. And two, you'll learn something if you watch mine. You might disagree with it, but you'll learn something. Speaking of disagreements, Monday's off the cuff. Did want to address this really quick. And that's fine. All you guys making fun of my hand gestures and my hand movements that you watch on YouTube. That's fine. Make fun of these. Just make fun of these rolling middle fingers right here. <laughs> um, but uh, Mike the Cop and them, they brought up stats about child trafficking and how somebody inflated the numbers. Now, there is nothing funny about trafficking humans. And we have done government-sponsored human trafficking episode. We've done a, a human trafficking episode uh, with Dan Holloway from the American Party podcast. We have done a whole Epstein podcast. We did an entire show that was shadow banned and not only shadow banned, but removed from YouTube because we talked about the Epstein case. So we're 100% pro against human trafficking. Now, does it mean that you can't inflate trafficking numbers for political reasons that politicians can't do that? And I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but it is a fact. And I'll tell you what, uses of force, right? We've talked about uses of force. Use of force numbers, we all can agree as first responders, as people who are critical thinkers, we can all agree that uses of forces are bad. Like there's not, it's not a good thing. Nobody's wanting to go to work and have a use of force, Okay. It, and it doesn't, we're not saying that use of forces don't happen. Obviously they happen. We all know this. Child trafficking happens, but use of force numbers are, are uh, inflated because about three years ago, some genius decided we're going to start making handcuffing a use of force and departments all across the country said, yeah, you're right because it'll show de-escalation also, but now, if you're a politician, you can you can leave out the de-escalation part of those numbers, and they have, and they can say our use of forces are up 200%. Well, yeah, when you start adding handcuffing, which is an everyday occurrence for every officer in every major city, your numbers are going to go way up. So it is a bullshit number that without context is an inflated number. And so if you're too stupid to understand that, then we cannot help you on this show. We cannot... We cannot provide you the entertainment or the information that you want. And what they were talking about was a certain politician inflating numbers just to uh, make sure that their little government agencies and positions stay available. And they do it without context. And that's wrong. And that's all they're saying. Nobody's saying that we're anti-child trafficking. Nobody's saying that we're pro-anti-trafficking. We're not saying that child trafficking isn't a thing. We're just saying in a certain instant where a politician took numbers and inflated them. 
that uh, off the cuff show is a lightning rod. And it shouldn't be because I, I found it very uh, two of the most lighthearted, comical, laid back cops I've ever listened to or enjoyed listening to. And two controversies straight. You know what, though? I in your face. I talk so much shit about state troopers and only one only one episode. It was the first time I did it where a couple of state troopers got on here and and uh keyboard word me back and forth but they weren't even state troopers they were like cousins of or uncles of i now talk to state troopers almost every single day on the social media webs and they love every single state trooper joke i i make even when i decided to make a quota keepers shirt and i was gonna have like a state trooper logo on there and it just instead of oath keepers it says quota keepers and the state troopers thought that was funny as shit so you know it's like again you gotta have thick skin if you're gonna run with us if you're not a first responder and you don't understand our dark humor, then fuck right off. Just fuck off. Because the show's not for you anyway. It's for those dudes who appreciate in their cop cars, sitting around, and I'm talking about the real cops, not these supervisor cops, not the suit, not the political politician cops. I'm talking about your real street fighters that are sitting in their car doing the Lord's work. They appreciate this show and that's who it's for. It's not for your little internal affairs goofball sitting in his office. It's going, well, that's just irreverent and disrespect. That's unprofessional. That right there. I hope our officers are better than that. They're not. They're not better than that. They're literally singing Kumbaya to the dying gang member on the side of the road. When he's bleeding out, nobody's watching. They are staring over them saying, go to the light and then singing Kumbaya. Now they do it a little bit less with body cameras. They're all thinking it and you'll never stop that. And you're a supervisor. What do you think about that? Is that disgusting? What do I think about the singing over a dying man? <laughs> it's, pretty, um, it's pretty dark, but I've seen it. It's pretty dark. I mean, that's as dark as it could do. I, I guess I can say uh, just, I don't know, just to toe the line. I don't think state troopers would do that. No, God, no. No, no, no. That's not, pro- but, but that's not programmed. That's why. State troopers have a chip that they put in the back of their necks, and they're programmed. So that's not. It's not, it's like that Westerworld or Westworld TV show. If it's not in their programming, they can't say it. So, yeah. Lies on okay. 10 registration. Do right. you know why I pulled you over today? You're free to leave. Can I search your car? <laughs> Do you have any guns, bombs, drugs, or anything that can hurt me in your vehicle? <laughs> Hand grenades. <laughs> um, all right, so I mean, should we get into this? I don't want to make too much fun of the troopers. I have a lot of respect oh, for all. Oh God, we love all of them. I love them. I, I don't know. Them. I know. I think you're the same as I. I mean, we come from a military background and then got doubled down in a. Uh, well, we were both probably bullied in high school because oh, it's for sure. For sure. So then uh, we come from this military background, which is constant ball busting, and um, whether you're a man or a woman, by the way, and it has different contexts in my beloved Air Force now. And also, when you get into law enforcement, you get the same type of hazing. So I I always kind of had this um, theory that if we're not talking about you, it's probably because we don't like you. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like when when I stop talking shit about you, when I stop making fun of you, when you come in the room, pack your bags, dude. You're you're not you're 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 out of my life. You're not in my life. It's just that's yeah. if you're special to me, I can't say anything nice to you. You know. Yeah, it's just, exactly. just my way of saying I love you. And I don't engage in the pronouns, Brittany. I'm sorry. 
So uh, what we're going to talk today about is, uh, I mean, you, you painted a picture that I was actually physically or, or somehow investigatively involved in this case, and I was not. I just want to be clear. Now, just about everybody else that I know was, because it was a rather big case that started in Polk County, Florida, which is just east of, of where uh, Hillsborough County sits, and that's where I worked. I worked in Hillsborough County. And then it, it bled over into Hillsborough County. So it was kind of a joint venture and it was an interesting case. And it was in 2009 and uh, you may have seen the 2020 on it, uh, but uh, I don't know if you have all the information that I have. And it's, I'm not saying that to brag. I mean, like you, you got a guy uh, sitting to my, I guess it would be right, that used to drive by that literal concrete slab that I referred to earlier. And we'll talk about where that comes into play in a second. But essentially what happened is this, uh, this gentleman by the name of Abraham Shakespeare, which is storybook in, in and of itself. Um, he's a handsome gentleman. He worked as an assistant in a barber shop. He was an assistant truck driver. Some people have reported even, um, but it does, uh, it really comes, <laughs> it's relevant to the story because you can see Abraham is, you know, tall and brooding like he would be the leader or whatever. But as it turns out, he was very gentle, docile, and um, I, I'm not picking on Abraham by any stretch, but he was illiterate. He, he wasn't, he, he couldn't read or write, which also comes into play in the case. So, um he, Abraham won the lotto. He had a very close friend by the name of Greg Smith. He used to work with Greg Smith in the barbershop. Greg Smith is a, a one, he's a great character. If you ever get to watch any documentary about this uh, murder case, um, he's Greg Smith is just fun to watch. But Greg uh, was the barber. He owned the barbershop. And Abraham came to him one day and said, uh, or called him one day and said, Hey, I'm going to buy a brand new car. And he was like, well, how are you going to do that? And he was like, well, I won the lottery. And he's like, you didn't win the lottery. And he showed up in his brand new car, which kind of proved that he did. So in 2006, he bought, Abraham bought two $1 tickets at a convenience store in Lakeland, Florida. And he hit a $30 million jackpot. What? Okay, so 30 million bucks, you know, his investment of $2, I mean, who knows how much he's put into that over the years. I know I wouldn't venture to say that it was you know close to 30 million, but so he took the payout. He chose the payout. I don't know who was advising him which you know like that's his business. I always wonder what I would do, but hearing these numbers, it just it kind of turns my stomach. 30 million dollar lotto according to the state of Florida. If you take that payout in one lump sum, he ended up with $12.3 million, which is good. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I mean I they're still I, taking over half. They're taking like 60%, 55% of your. Yeah. So, I mean, here in Florida, a lot of that lotto money uh, allegedly goes to education. I think that may have been a way to sell it to the public when it first, you know, when the lotto first hit the, um, hit the scene. But at any point, Abraham is nouveau riche in Lakeland and uh, Lakeland's kind of a, a, a very, it's like a spread out, but a small town, a lot of rural areas in Polk County itself. Polk County, for those of you who don't know, is probably most well known for its colorful sheriff, a fellow by the name of Grady Judd. 
<laughs> and uh, he's got the greatest sound bites in America as a sheriff, in my opinion, uh, because he really does tell it like it is. And and people don't, you know, people just think that Grady Judge is in your face, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they don't realize, like, I have a very close friend who, uh, who knows Grady Judd in other settings, such as he was his professor. Grady Judd was a professor at, at one of the local colleges, uh, taught criminal justice. He was, a, I believe, an associate pastor or some type of minister at, at a church or something to that effect. So he was the one that they said, uh, your officer shot him 62 times. Um, yeah. Why did they shoot him 62 times? And he's like, because they, they, frankly, they ran out of bullets. I'm pretty sure they just ran out of bullets. <laughs> Um, he, he also, you know, I, I don't want to bring this down too far, but, um, he also approached the microphones just not more than two days ago with a very stoic look on his face. I've never seen Grady Judd look like this, uh, because he had to deliver the news that a deputy sheriff by the name of Blaine Lane was uh, shot and killed in the line of duty. He was, he was shot by friendly fire actually. And it was just, from what I understand, kind of a freak accident. It, you know, this kid was 21 years old and, and he never left the house without his vest on. I'm a hundred percent sure of that. And it just, it caught him in the shoulder and uh, it ended his life. Just a you know good looking kid. You, you can, you'll see his picture online, but Grady gave subsequent press conferences not to go too far down this rabbit hole. And somebody, there's a great soundbite that's traveling the internets. Um, somebody said, somebody asked him, a reporter asked him like, they were serving a warrant at three in the morning. So the reporter said, you know, a lot of people are asking me today, what, what was the urgency? Why did you have to, um, you know, serve that warrant at three in the morning? Isn't that kind of dangerous? And, and he said <laughs> in true Grady Judd fashion, I mean, he, he's impassioned first of all, and yeah. he's sad over his deputy and he sticks up for the cops anyway, but he goes, people who ask um, why we serve warrants at three in the morning are morons. We're going to serve that warrant at two in the morning, at four in the morning, at five in the morning, because if you have a warrant here in Polk County, you're going to jail, especially when somebody calls us and tells us you're in a location. And, and, and he said, we ended up catching the person, you know, so it's not like this was all for not, you know, we don't just rolling the dice, going knocking on a door, hoping somebody inside had a warrant. So anyway, how about this? That's what Polk County is known for. Grady Judd, the, the colorful sheriff. Um, so we're, we're back on track because I'm, I'm good at getting this off track. He buys a $1.1 million home in Lakeland. I'm, I'm back to talking about Abraham Shakespeare now. I'm not Grady Judd. I don't know where he lives. This place was the bomb. Back in 2006, we'll call it, uh, maybe 2007, $1.1 million in Lakeland, Florida can get you a lot. And this place uh, had a television in every room, probably color TVs, and it had um, a jacuzzi on the inside and on the outside. It was just it was just a beautiful place. But the problem with um, winning this $12.3 million in, in lotto winnings is everybody becomes your relative all of a sudden, and everybody <laughs> needed money. And like I said, he, he really was kind of a docile, illiterate, just a kind of a not understanding that this, all this could go away. So just about anybody, you know, it was like being in Saudi Arabia. Just if you go ask the king for money, they're just going to grant you the money. And that's kind of what Abraham was doing. So people would just call him for money and he would give it to him. He was paying rent. He was buying, you know, he was catching people up with their debts and, and, 
you know, he, he, what he tried to do was, um, he, he tried to bring his mother, who's a very humble Christian woman, tried to bring his mother into the, the home with him. She, he, he wanted her to live here. He, he essentially told her, look, this is your house. And she didn't like that. She was like, no, I, I, there is something wrong with this house. I don't like this house. Wow. Meaning not, not that she was um, not grateful for, the, for that, but she just had a very bad vibe about this house and, and probably a bad vibe about the money and just a bad vibe about a lot of stuff. And she was a, a bit naive herself. So um, we fast forward to, uh, I think it was like 2009. Um, he turns up missing. Okay. Um, he, uh, he befriended this, this young lady he, uh, she, and moved her in. She loved it. And uh, they um, had a baby together. That's, that's not the same woman. That's, oh, that's, that's Dee Dee Moore. My bad. No, it's okay. So as, as his friend Greg describes Abraham, like <laughs> he, he kept his same friends. He stayed, he kept his, you know, his humble, like he was still humble. He still shopped for his clothes at Walmart and he bought a Rolex, but at a pawn shop, you know, that was the kind of guy he was. So he, he was giving his money away. He was paying for funerals and groceries and all this other stuff. He meets this uh, young lady by the name of Centoria Butler. Uh, Abraham was apparently a ladies' man, so um, Cent- he Centoria. Centoria. That right. sounds like a. That sounds like a prescription job drug. I think it is like Centoria, like <laughs> may cause anal drippage, diarrhea. It cures bother. the shingles. <laughs> Centoria. So uh, <laughs> consult your doctor. Get, get your get your life back in order after shingles with Centoria. Centuria is I heard the underpaid producer has to drink Centoria for 24 hours prior to his. For his Cleothopia. Cleothopia. <laughs> no, it's just Miralax, man. That's all oh, it is. Okay. Now you're speaking Latin. That's her sister. So, that's, that's Centoria's sister is Miralax. <laughs> just Sorry. Miralax. Sorry. That's somebody's so, name. That's somebody's God-given government name. Miralax. I'm sh- right. I'm shitting all over it. No. Oh, come on. Now we're talking about your life again. So Centuria Butler becomes uh, really close with, uh, with Abraham. I, apparently they engage in some type of intercourse because she becomes pregnant with his child. And, um, Dang, dude. It, it's, it, she moves in and, um, it's actually a wonderful relationship because he gets to show the fatherly side of himself. Like he's, he was a good father. But what happened is the woman that you just showed a minute ago, her name is Doris Donegan Moore, D.D. Moore. Um, and she ran a, a uh, owned and ran a nursing staffing company in the area. Um, she approached Centoria and Abraham and said that she wanted to write a book about all of this and that she was a financial advisor. And... Um, She's just a disgusting human being, D.D. Moore. And, um, but they didn't know that. So just one thing led to another. Centoria moves out of the house. D.D. kind of moves in. One, and like I said, one thing leads to another. But here's the deal. And we're talking about, 
you know, probably two, two and a half years after he won, he was down to his last million dollars. And she convinced him, you're going to have to give, turn all of this over to me. I'm, I'm going to create an LLC between you, me, and our, our mutual friend. And you're going to have to turn all this money over to the LLC. And I'm going to control it. You're going to control it, blah, blah, blah. But she went into the bank after they all signed the papers and said, hey, do not let him touch this money. Don't let him touch the money. Don't let him, you know, like, he, I think he's into drugs. She was just doing very bad things. Yeah. And I mean, there's always like, that's, there's people like that in all walks of life. I mean, even when I started my own distillery and stuff like, dude, people come out of the woodwork under this ruse of helping you when all they want to do is leech onto your back. They don't yeah. really, they help you until they realize that you're not successful. You're not successful in the way that they want you to be. And then they, <laughs> and then they bail out real quickly. Right. It's sad. It is sad. So Dee Dee redecorates that place. She gets him to, she gets him to transfer that big home into the LLC. So now she's like part owner of this home. That's the, I think that's the house on 60, but there's a home in Lakeland that uh, she gets to transfer um, this money into. So the whole time she's kind of setting up, setting Abraham up to just drain his money and, um, she films him at one point, like, babe, are you tired of people asking you for money? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, do you want to just get away? Do you want to go to Cozumel? Do you want to go? And he was like, yeah, I just want to get away. And she, she's like, um, well, what about all your people here? Will you miss them? And, and he said, yeah, I'll miss them, but life goes on. And those are direct quotes that he said in this, this video, which all of a sudden he turns up missing. So, um, they report his cousin reports him missing the Polk County Sheriff's office gets in on this and they probably recognize pretty quickly that something's amiss here. The guy's a lotto winner and he's losing his money very quickly. And now all of a sudden he's missing. And then this DD Moore is getting involved and they kind of know, but they don't know. So, um, all of a sudden, um, she starts putting forward this narrative that he just needed to get away and that she's in communication with him, and um, that it doesn't matter that nobody can get a hold of him. She knows where he is and he's fine. He just doesn't want to talk to anybody anymore. She's even convincing Abraham's mom of all of this information. And she's doing little manipulative things like having a mutual person deliver a card with a hundred dollars in it and kind of signing Abraham's name which again was a huge mistake because he was illiterate. So, you know, when she got the money, she, the mother was like, wow, I mean, this is great, but I know my son didn't write this because he can't read or write. So Jeez. no one can get a hold of him. Suddenly, all of a sudden, uh, suddenly, all of a sudden, by the way, all the texts start rolling in uh, to friends and family members from supposedly Abraham. And they all kind of put two and two together and they're like, look, this guy's illiterate. He wouldn't send this money. I mean, or he wouldn't send these texts. It's, it's dumb. So, um, she created a rumor mill and the rumor mill was that he died of AIDS and that he was too embarrassed to talk about it. Oh shit! Uh, he was too embarrassed to talk about his AIDS, but nobody believed her. And, um, so she 
kind of upped her game. She started collecting even more debts that people owed him. Um, and like I said, that cousin was used to drop off a card with a hundred dollars in it. But, um, th this is all part of her game. She just, she, uh, you know, uh, finally, I think at some point the, the detectives approach her and say, look, they're reporting him missing. You're living with him. You know, what's going on? And of course she's ultra cooperative. So first red flag to the young cops out there, when somebody is ultra cooperative, just let them talk, just let them build their story because you're going to be able to investigate around their story at some point, or they're going to trip up with a Freudian slip at some point. There was a Freudian slip in this case. Um, DD was having a conversation with, um, with Abraham's mom. And she said, when he died, dot, 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 dot. Like that's what she said right in the middle of the conversation. And the mom is like, when he died, what do you mean? And she was like, Oh no, no, no. I mean, you know, so she had to correct herself. What? Yeah. <laughs> but she didn't really, I, I think the, the mom really just didn't want to believe it. Jeez, so dude. all of a sudden, um, the, you enter this guy, Gregory, uh, Gregory Smith, the guy that owned the barbershop, one of uh, Abraham's closest confidants and DD contacts Gregory and starts kind of saying, Hey, um, I think that uh, I think that the drug dealers got him and I need your help. So she recruits Gregory. Well, somehow, and I'm not real clear on this. I, if I had to guess, I would say that they were up on her phone. I don't know that for sure, but the first meeting that D.D. Moore has, so they probably had her under surveillance. The first meeting that D.D. Moore has with Greg Smith, she pulls out of the parking lot and they approach him and say, hey, this is who we are and this is what we got. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I, I've got, I don't know anything about that. I, I can tell you what we just talked about. And instantly they recruited him to be what they're calling a witness. I'm guessing it was an informant. Uh, the two Polk County detectives uh, I know just from my past were um, uh, narcs at one point. So they're well, because they were narcotics when I was in narcotics. So um, they are pretty well versed in, in handling informants. So that would be my guess. So they, uh, they bring DD Moore in um, because what they discover is all these texts and phone calls between DD and Abraham um, that she's offering is proof that he's still alive. They get the cell site information back and the phones are hitting off the same cell site. So she's saying he's in some other country or wherever oh, she's saying wow. he is, but the phones are sitting together. So Damn. she's just got this elaborate scheme and, and all this other stuff. So they put a GPS on the Hummer that essentially uh, Abraham bought for her and they bring her in one day and they, they start talking to her. Uh, they start getting in her face a little bit. And, and they turn into kind of like a good cop, bad cop. They just uh, fall into this routine where one cop is the savior and the other cop is just um, like the meanie. And the, 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 the one cop just kind of turns around and says, uh, it's, I, I just, I can't, oh, Clark. So Clark, Detective Clark is kind of like wanting to play into Dee Dee's, you know, her tomfoolery and, Wallace, Dave Wallace is just like, I'm not having it. She's a lying bitch. And so Clark turns around and says, Hey, 
you need to go a little bit easier on her. She's like with her in there, you know, right, right, right. right. She, I love she's, that. she's got, she's just missing, you know, she's, her boyfriend is missing. She should be, you know, so next thing, you know, <laughs> when one of them leaves the room and the tape is off, she offers her, she offers herself. She's like, Oh, Hey, what if we, uh, what if we get a hotel? And oh yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. And just shows the level of manipulation. You just say like, we're not going to do that right now, but here's my business card. Call me when you right. get out of prison in 25 years. Once you're convicted. I mean, <laughs> I mean, once you're convicted. And by the way, did you kill that guy? So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you take me to the hotel. If you tell me that you killed that dude. All right. So they talked to him, they recruit, they've got Gregory on board. Um, so DD uh, uh, under the direction, like when you hold, when you handle an informant, whether they're a witness or an informant, every move that they make in that case better be under your direction and you better control what's going on. You can't just have them going out willy nilly recording things. And cause you never know if it's going to be an entrapment issue or whatever. So, um, under, uh, under their surveillance, Greg meets with Dee Dee. She says, I want you to get a nice hotel room. Just get a real nice hotel room and uh, I'll come meet you there. Get you some so she does, she shows up, he gets the hotel room. She shows up with a wireless printer and a laptop and she types out a letter. Dear, <laughs> dear Abraham's mother. Uh, she types out this letter that just essentially says, look, um, I- I'm alive and I'm well, everything is fine. I just had to get away and, and all of this other stuff. And so she gives him the letter and says, go deliver it to the mother. And this is again, another instance where the mother is like, my baby boy didn't write this right? because he can't. <laughs> so, um, Sheriff Judd holds a press conference. He establishes that they have a person of interest by the name of D.D. Moore, Doris Donegan Moore. Double D's. Is, that, is, point, is her, does she go by double D's ever? Anybody call her double D's? Mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm a detective, I'm going to sit down. I'm saying, all right, double D's. What have we got? Double D's nuts. <laughs> so I think uh, at some point I, I'm missing part of this, but they end up buying a house on Highway 60. It's her and George. It's, it's, uh, I don't know who George is. Uh, are you talking about um, Not George? Um, no, no. She buys this with her son and maybe a friend of the family or something to that effect. Okay, so I, they buy- I'm a little unclear about this part of the story, but she's part, she owns she owns this property on Highway 60 that you right. personally drove by. Yes, constantly, and with TK, and there are. She what she wanted to do was create a paintball field in the back. She was going to open up a paintball business, probably with Abraham's money. And and the funny so, thing is, is like that area um, where that house is. It's very like, well, now it's different. But this was you know fourteen years ago, fifteen years ago. It was like meth. It was like meth city right oh, there. Yeah. Like I mean, it's bad out there. I, I, that's the place where. I was jogging and uh, like a Thunderbird, like a, like a T-top Thunderbird pulled up next to me and a dude climbed out of the window of the passenger side and threw a full beer at me while I was running. And I thought I got hit with a shotgun. 
it hurt so fucking bad. I hit the ground. I thought I had been shot in back and it was all wet because the beer exploded. And I thought that was blood. And I thought I was dying on the side of the road, to be honest with you, until I could smell the beer and I could see the exploded beer can. But I mean, the place is just fucking white trash as all get out. I mean, it, you know, the fact that, that TK and I had a trailer out there, <laughs> we lived in a trailer for, I, I, he bought a big piece of land that had a trailer on it. And so, um, while he's waiting to build the house, we, we lived in the trailer, but it was, uh, I, I mean, it was sketchy out there, man. Very sketchy. And it's, it's the middle of the swamps. It's nothing but orange groves and swamps. Yeah. It's a highly, uh, it's, it's an agricultural area. I'm glad you brought that up because it's on the outskirts of a, a very affluent kind of place by the name of plant city. I mean, it, it's right. you know, plant city has its affluence because it's, it's uh, known as kind of the strawberry capital of the world. There's a, a strawberry festival every Which year. Is very cool. It's very, yeah, cool, very really. cool. Like a 10 day, you know, concerts and, but um, anywhere outside of that, yeah, you want to yeah. be car- carrying concealed. And if you're carrying concealed, you want to be subscribed and a part of the United States Carried Concealed Association. Right now, if you go over to www.uscca.com forward slash Wolfpack, uh, you can become a member of the United States Concealed Carry Association. The USCCA is an association of over 650,000 members. You can't drive through North Carolina for more than 30 minutes without seeing a USCCA sticker. Uh, members are dedicated to helping people make informed decisions members receive exclusive benefits geared towards self-defense education training self-defense liability insurance simply owning a gun does not prepare you for having self de- uh for being self de- to having self armed self-defense right just because you carry pepper spray at the bottom of your purse that you couldn't find in 20 minutes doesn't mean that that is going to protect you imagine the peace of mind that you would experience if you were twice as prepared for a violent encounter as you are at this very moment imagine knowing exactly what to do before, during, and after a self-defense incident. Just like when a police gets in a, a related shooting, he shuts up. He lawyers up. He takes some time off before he talks to any detectives or any lawyers. You can be, you can have that same representation. You can have that same knowledge. Uh, and, uh, the USCCA membership, you will learn how to increase your situational awareness, shoot accurately under pr- pressure, fortify your home against intruders, prepare your loved ones for self-defense, identify and avoid threats, de-escalate violent situations, protect your family by preparing them for legal and financial aftermath to a self-defense incident and much, much more. You know, the decision to carry a gun is, is, is a big responsibility. It's as it's a deep personal and selfless decision because it requires the commitment of education and training to do it. Well, not just going out and buying a gun, shoving it in your purse and walking around and being like, yeah, I concealed carry. That's not enough. But with uh, the USA, uh, USCCA, you can get access to over 200 easy-to-understand videos. You become a level one, two, or three qualified member. Um, you are Gun laws are constantly changing. You get legal updates. You get the subscription to the Concealed Carry Magazine. Uh, you get the self-defense liability insurance, which is huge. Um, you get a big community connection. You get tickets to go to these different uh, seminars and trainings all across the country. You get all sorts of perks and discounts for holsters and ammunition. Um, but right now you should join the USCCA. Go over to uscca.com forward slash Wolfpack and become a Concealed Carry Association member today. Say it with me. USCCA. 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 You couldn't get that. No, there's right. not a fucking chance in hell, dude. That'd be like that'd be like so, me trying to win the lottery. 
<laughs> and then having friends like you to murder me and take all my money. Remind me to tell you the story about the time I was in my convertible um, T-top <laughs> and you saw some <laughs> asshole running down the road in Plant City. <laughs> I thought he was a deer. Um, <laughs> thought he was a bull. God, if I could find that motherfucker, I I don't even know the shit I would do to that guy. Don't even know. All right. So, uh, that house on 60 that you talk about, it's kind of in a rural area. Like highway 60 is a, is a a good, uh, artery road for the state of Florida. 60, you know, if it's odd, it goes North and South. If it's even, it goes East and West. 60 goes from one side of the state to the other. And in parts it's very rural, but in other parts it's built up and, this is in this part. It happens to be a rule. It's on the outskirts of Plant City, and just uh, probably another 15, 20 minute drive. You're in Lakeland, so that's you know just to set the scene. That's how close everything kind of is. So um, they build this house on 60, and she wants to to build this paintball court. So she marks with a uh, like a uh, some kind of metal stake. She calls her ex husband or ex boyfriend or some someone who's in the excavation business and says, "Hey, can you come over here and dig this?" pit for me dig 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 a a pit and um i'm getting ready to start this paintball court uh and no red flags go up because it all seemed right and she is a top 10 manipulative bitch so um i maybe top five who knows so um she can manipulate her way to top two so he comes out he digs this thing up like in the morning or whatever she calls him back like just before dusk and says, Hey, can you do me a huge favor and come back here and fill this thing up? And he's like, it's getting dark. And she's like, just help me out. Please come back and fill this up. I mean, I got to show it to, you know, whatever she said. I bet you she's blowing him. She probably is. So, um, she seems like I, the kind of girl, you know, that like, that's her fallback. Like, Hey, come on, like come in, yeah, fill yeah, the pit, stay for some wine. Right. You know, we'll, we'll go, Ear hunting. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll hunt the juggers in Lithia. So they, um, he come, he does come back and he fills the, the hole in nothing suspicious to him. Like he sees nothing. He just fills the hole in like she asks and whatever happens, happens uh, according to your summary there. Uh, at some point, a big 30 by 30 slab of concrete gets poured over this thing. So, you know, it's been opened the earth has been opened. Something happened. The, the ex-husband even testified. Yeah, she looked dirty and sweaty like she'd been working all day. <laughs> uh, and she's not the working outside type. So, um, And then he comes back and he fills this thing up and, and nothing is out of the ordinary. She, she used a guy for the concrete that she had used on some other properties that she owned. And she said, hey, can you come lay this 30 by 30 uh, slab of concrete? And he did. So Gregory had been... Uh, cooperating the whole time finally she admits to him yes abraham is dead um and we need to find someone to take well actually what he offers is well this is pretty simple like i think he was bugged up at the time anyway he had some kind of listening device on he said this is pretty simple we just need to find someone that's going to prison for the rest of their life and they could take the rap for this and she's like that's a fucking idea so (laughs) which it is yeah, I got to admit. So they enter this guy. They bring this guy in for a meeting. There's three of them in the car. There's Gregory. There's uh, what's his face? Oh, what's her face? Dee Dee. And then there's detective. I mean, there's the guy that's going to take the rap for all this. He was an undercover. 
And uh, so they Freudian slip. Yeah. So they, they wired him up like, yeah, right. She's like, are you going to prison? And he's like, 10, four. Uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, dude, I'm fucked. Yeah. Right. yeah I busted, uh, blew it. So they wired him up. Um, if you ever watched one of these documentaries, that's, this is why I say Gregory is just a character and he's, he's brilliant. Even uh, Wallace gave him full credit for this. They didn't, they needed a place for the bug. And he was like very nervous about her searching because she was manipulative and, and it is methville. Like it is tough to, yeah, it is. to be up there. So he creates this Red Bull can like he's fucking 007 or something and, you know, puts cardboard or wood in it, drops the bug in it, puts the lid back on the can and he uses it as an ashtray in his car. It's just sitting there in the cup holder and he's using this Red Bull can as an ashtray, but it's got a bug in it. It's, it's, it's very genius in my opinion. Damn, so let's go, Gary. Great audio. Yeah. Uh, fucking right. Gary, dude. It's always right. Gary. Every one of our stories, it's always fucking Gary. Well, this is Gary's brother, Greg, but oh. I get what you're saying. So, fucking Greg. Greg. I think Gary's his middle name. He goes by Greg, though. So um, <laughs> he, uh, they get the Red Bull can um, and what what she offers is I'm going to give you 50 grand to the detective. I'm going to give you 50 grand if you just take the rap for this. And he's like, fine. Just, I got to know where the body is. And she's like, what do you need to know all that for? And he's like, because I'm going to confess to the murder. I'm going to need to know some details. I mean, I can't just, you know, so she's like, okay, 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 okay. And then Ronald, or I mean, uh, Gary or Gregory jumps in and says, uh, He's gonna need to. The, he's gonna need the gun, the murder weapon, and she's like, "No problem." So she shows up with this thirty-eight and hands it over, um, basically to, to you know to an informant and and what and whatnot. So they're gonna move the body, or, or this you know I, I might be jumping around a little bit because at some point they moved the body. She she had bought the day that she moved it. She had bought shovels, tarps, and bleach, and that's that's on video. So all of a sudden, um, when things are coming to a very fast close, they decide that they have enough probable cause to arrest her for accessory after the fact because of the body and because of the gun. And uh, Gregory Gary calls and says, man, I need you to come over here, Didi, because there are cops all over your house. You need to come out and explain to them what's going on. And she was talking about the house in Lakeland. Or, or wherever she was talking about. So or, uh, he was talking about. So she shows up. Boom. They arrest her. She goes back to talk to them about this, uh, about what, what they know. And she immediately blames her 14-year-old son. Oh, she said, no. She says that Abraham, well, she first, she, she, she blamed him. She said, Abraham, uh, no, 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 wait. I take that back. The first thing she did was blame Gary or Greg. Okay. She blames him and uh, he's like, um, he tells her, I know your day is pretty bad, but it's about to get just a little bit worse because we have all of those conversations recorded. He's been working with us the whole time. So let's, let's get that off the table right off the bat. Wow. And she's like, well, fine. Well, we got this other guy, his cousin, Ronald, 
he was getting ready to go to prison and <laughs> and he's the one that did it and blah 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 and he'll tell you where the gun is and and he's like all those who aren't going to, the, to prison for the rest of their lives take one step forward not so fast Edie. Yeah. so she so he breaks the news to her look that dude's a detective like your, your goose is cooked. So she blames her 14-year-old kid and said, look, Abraham came in, put his hands around my neck. The kid didn't know what he was doing, so he just shot him. And I just didn't want him to get in trouble. Ironically, she's diming him out. Damn. So um, you got all that going on. She posts a bond because, remember, this is a um, – this is a uh, – accessory after the fact they hadn't charged her with so um eventually they they get the probable cause for the search warrant if you don't know what probable cause for a search warrant is i direct you to the youtube channel of failure to stop i did a video on that and they find a body out there you'll see on the if you if you watch any documentaries you'll see a, a lot of my like close friends standing there as they're digging up this thing they just went like very slow layer by layer by layer and sure enough they they um uncovered his remains she dumped a bunch of lime on top of him but he was this this gives you this will give you the chills um they found his body he was wearing the exact same clothing he was in the video so when she was talking about do you want to go away and will you miss your family and she killed him sh shortly after do you think that she had like a gun pointed at him no. and it was like hey no. i'm gonna kill you you're gonna say this no you can bury you can very plainly see that he's he's preoccupied doing so he he's you know i i don't want to say annoyed at answering her questions he's probably used to that but i mean like he, he's just kind of like yeah, I want to get, you know, like Cosmo sounds great. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the story of Dee Dee. She's, she was, uh, they, they, they dig up the body. Sheriff G, who I love and adore, uh, the, he used to be the sheriff of Hillsborough County, uh, does a press conference where he reads off the probable cause of why that's the house on 60 there, why um, they believe Dee Dee Moore did the killing. Um, and you see this is cross-jurisdictional because the missing person case was being worked very diligently and the informants were being handled by the Polk County Sheriff's Office because that's where Abraham was last seen, apparently. But obviously, her uh, Abraham's body was recovered in Hillsborough, and that's how that works. Like, mm. missing person, wherever right. the, the person is last seen, that's the, that's the investigating agency. When it turns into a homicide... The place where the homicide body is found is generally where they will investigate. So she never admitted uh, any of that. She never took the stand. There, there was so many theatrics and dramatics during the trial. Her breaking down uh, the judge, Emmett Battles, who's a retired colonel, uh, stopping the trial and sending the jury out and telling her, you have got to get yourself together and you need to quit making faces at the jury and winking at them. And cause she was doing all of her manipulative stuff. Oh, like and, trying and to, he, she was like, dude, she's doing one of these. <laughs> right. Right. Doing the old blow I, job, the old blow job thing. Hey, jury number six. Right. Uh, 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 after this. Uh, uh, uh. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So um, damn it. Double D's. Let's go. At, at one point, her, I think it was her friend got on the stand to testify of everything that she knew. 
And uh, she started yelling, I'm tired of these people lying on me. You know, like just complete and utter manipulation. <laughs> She's just a, to the nth degree manipulative. Um, she never admitted to doing it, though. She she uh, she invited 2020 in to do an interview with her because she's, you know, she keeps writing them letters. So they're like, all right, well, I mean, <laughs> if you get she's like, I've got a bunch of witnesses. You know, this is after she's convicted. I got a bunch of witnesses, witnesses here that they never called. And he's like, okay, well, give me their names. And she's like, well, I'll have to check with my attorney. And he's like, why would you have to check with your attorney? I just want to go interview them. And she's like, well, I don't think they'll cooperate with you. And, and he was like, well, Gregory Smith did like, yeah, he'll cooperate. They'll cooperate with me, especially if it's going to set you free. And she's like, ah, it's just not a good idea. And he's like, so your freedom's not a good idea now. So she was just, she was saying how they, you know, I got this from an author. They're going to do a book deal on me. Then I got just total vanity, just, just complete manipulation over and over and over and over again. She, um, the, the most recent thing in the news about her, she backed a bill in March, 2022 that keeps Lotto winners names silent, like to keep, <laughs> I don't know where the bill went, but she's like, yes, it puts a big target on their backs. Like, I guess she would know. Um, so she backed that bill. She, she asked for a new trial in 2019 uh, by writing letters and all this stuff. But it, again, it's just all, you know, she invented this drug dealer, Ronald. She, she completely besmirched uh, Abraham's good name. She, she's, you know, she said that, um, he died of AIDS. I mean, fuck. Well, he died of AIDS. There was a guy named Ronald from South Florida who was going to murder her and her son because of a drug debt that Abraham owed. And everybody knew Abraham was not into dope. It, it just wasn't like he didn't need to be He had $31 million. Did they point. get so, Abraham any of his money back from her? Uh, I can't answer that question. I, I don't think so. I, I think a lot of it was. I mean, I would was, sue her for defamation. Oh, oh, no, wait, I'll take that back. She had a young boyfriend. She was a coog. Ooh. She had a very young boyfriend who she bought a bunch of expensive gifts for, like a, like flat out bought a Corvette and bought something else. And when he found out what happened, he turned all that over. He turned those assets over. Oh, so and, and justified in the trial. So, I mean, you know, like we're talking minimally here. There, there was a, a, a PS to the story where somebody in, in uh, Abraham's family won a million dollars in a scratch off after all that. <laughs> and then people would call that person and congratulate her. And she would just be like, thank you. Click. And, and you know, so like Abraham yeah. watching from above is like, don't, don't engage in that. You know, don't even entertain it. That's, that's what got me here. So. This is the story of D.D. Moore. This is the story of uh, concrete slabs. It's got intrigue. It's got. Uh, well, I mean, it was crazy because like when it happened, like I said, I had to drive by this every day. Like I could not go to work without driving by the crime scene. And um, at first there was no news on it. Like it was just like they had this tent set up. They had all this like, you know, equipment out there. And it was a couple of days that they were doing shit out there and there wasn't any news on it. And then all of a sudden you know, the news broke and you were like, Oh shit. You know, or at least the news happened to where I found it again. This was like 2009. So what is that? 11 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, so like the case started, I think ago. in 2000. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like 2000, 2010 because the case, like the missing person case spanned maybe a year. Like it, it wasn't 
immediate. Yeah. And he won the lotto back in like 2006. So like that story died down and then all of a sudden he was missing right. and that's what picked up and then that died down. And, yeah. Cause you know I lived I mean? there like 2007. I, I lived there like 2006, 2007. And then like briefly in 2009, um, before moving to North Carolina and that was your prison state? <clears throat> yeah, that's when I was in and out of prison there. They, they put me in, um, Polk County prison there. Uh, is there a prison in Polk County? There's prisons all over Florida. Yeah, there's plenty of prisons here. That would be there's a fucking just nasty, about every that'd be a nasty prison to go to Polk County. Yeah, if there was one. If, there, if there's one in Polk oh, County. Yeah, yeah, I think there is a Polk Correctional Institute. Yeah, <sighs> a, a Polk. I mean, it's hot. It's muggy. It's gross. The crickets yeah. are super loud. The cicadas are super loud there. It's like it's a jungle, dude. It's, it's like Polk County, Florida is is where Florida man came from. Pretty sure. Uh, by the way, uh, Cicada is Centaurus' sister. Cicada is Centaurus' sister. Oh, man. Well, dude, Drew, that was a, an amazing show. If you guys want more from Drew Breezy, please head to our YouTube channel, like, and subscribe. Help us grow that channel out. Uh, for the Pig Latin book, um, everything is, is, is going very well on that book. Uh, it's just taking some more twists and turns because uh, we sent the manuscript out. A couple of people are looking at it. And so there's just a lot going on with the book for all those who have sent the emails for, to be a part of the pre-release. Um, we are, th there's a lot, right? There's hundreds of you who have sent the email uh, address in it, and it takes us time to put those email addresses into a system that can then generate a email list. And I also don't want to be a very spammy guy. I want to provide you with, uh, when you open that email, there's something there for you. Um, whether it's just like additional content or sneak peeks of the book or something like that. So all that takes planning and consideration. We're not just trying to throw shit out there um, and use you. Uh, I don't like to just use you for nothing. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, here's the email. But if you open that email, there is some kind of entertainment value there. There is some kind of you know, something there that, that makes it worth you opening that email instead of, Hey guys, uh, you know, give me your credit card information and here we go. Uh, so thank you guys all for getting on that pre-order list and just know that here soon in the next few weeks, you will, you will get your first email. If you want to be on that email list, just eat, just send me a message of the email address. And then under that, you can write like, can't wait for your book or something like that. Because what I do is I have to copy it from Instagram message and then I have to put it into the notes form and then I have to delete all thing, everything else just so that there's a email address there. And that does get confusing, especially when you, you know, you're getting 30 or 40, you know, before lunch that you have to do, they come in all day long. So please just send me your email address and then the note that you want to send with that underneath it. That way I can just copy the email and, and forward it over to there, but I will respond to you guys. Um, everybody just keep uh, UPP in your thoughts and prayers. Keep Mike in your thoughts and prayers. And uh, if you haven't listened to all the other shows from this week, one of the best, I mean, two weeks in a row, we've had the best night shift ever. I, I mean, Andrea is really stepping up her game. And, um, you know, obviously when the sponsors come in, it's easier to get more serious about these things. So um, she, cause you have the money to put in a little bit more effort. So um, she's doing a really great job with that. Drew, you're doing a great job with the YouTube thing. And, and, and I just love how we're growing right now and the growth that we're doing. And Mike, I know is really excited about all of this too. And uh, Halloween is coming. So uh, we'll have a, a Halloween special, I'm sure. And then our 200th episode is coming. So we got to get everybody. We got to get the whole band together. He big daddy yourself, Andre, I'll play Mike, UPP, and do another big giant um, 
another big giant 200th episode slash Halloween episode. So, um, corn pop was a bad dude says he's got something growing for us. That's the blue chew talking. That's the blue chew talking corn pop. But again, dead leg media, Brittany Faulkner, Niken, uh, Niken just enjoyed some of your chocolate, uh, yesterday with the boys. Thank you again. I don't think I'll ever run out of chocolate. Thanks to him. He sent like 20 pounds of fucking chocolate to us. I really appreciate it for everybody who sends uh, mail to the studio. Thank you for that. We really do appreciate all the little letters and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, all right guys, well, that is it for failure to stop until next time. Guns up. Giddy up. Giddy up. Go buy a lotto ticket.